0: <laughs> back.
1: And welcome to another episode of the sd for l show. Back.
2: I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, how are you doing today? Great. Master's about to start up. I mean, we're thriving right now. We got a great guest on today's show. So it's all, all great vibes here. Right great, now, vibes. Great, great vibes. Great vibes,
1: obviously, because Michigan State in the offseason now. Recruiting is picking up.
2: Sure. That's got, right.
1: Got a great commitment earlier this week from four-star shooting guard, Kurt Tang. Top 40 kid from Hill in Massachusetts you know it yep so great vibes there another target Jesse McCulloch told me he'll be announcing on April 20th looking like it's um good vibes there as well so Michigan State recruiting Look at just like scale. in the last cycle turning it up staying on it and um you know why not have insight from someone that's responsible for a lot of this recruiting Let's give it a success Let's give so, it a try. great idea great idea by yeah. us do we have someone I think so hopefully
2: do we get to him right now?
1: Let's go. Let's Joining on. us today right Let's off go. the top on the sd 4 show is Michigan State's Director of Recruiting, John Borovic. John, how you doing today?
0: Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Matt.
1: Yeah, for sure. So for the audience that doesn't know, which shame on you, first of all, but <laughs> if you don't, John has been at Michigan State for, um, I want to say almost a year now. He came from Northwestern where he was the Director of Recruiting there. Um, Bloomfield Hills native. He played at central Michigan, where he was a two-time captain. After that, he went to work for coach Montgomery, um, at Northern Illinois, where he was the, um, associate head coach. So been around the sport for well over 20 years in the coaching industry. So brings a wealth of experience. It's obvious why coach Izzo hired him. But John, with all that said, I guess the first question kind of, that it makes sense to ask is what exactly do you do as the director of recruiting?
0: That's a good question, Justin. Uh, thanks for all that. Um, thanks for making me feel old. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, but no, yeah, um, you know, obviously it covers a lot of different things in recruiting. Um, you know, working for coaches, though, and, and being a part of our staff is something I'm really grateful for—the the opportunity to, to be a part of uh, Spartan basketball. So, yeah, I mean, the, the job entails everything and uh, anything recruiting, right? Anything you could imagine. Um, obviously, this time of year, there's a lot going on with with the transfer portal, so always uh, keeping that um, in the forefront as much as possible. But, yeah, it just, you know, the, the organization of our staff, um, you know, trying to make sure that we're doing a good job, getting a, a head start on on the underclassmen when it comes to recruiting, which I think has, has helped us here in a short period of time. Um, but ultimately, uh, just, you know, keep our staff organized, try to be as efficient as possible and uh, brag about all things that uh, Michigan State basketball is and hopefully continuing on the championship way that that Coach Izzo has over the last 28 years. And for
2: a player, what is the beginning of that recruiting saga? I mean, for you guys, do you just go on to rivals? Do you go on 24 seven sports and look at whoever a five star is and call them? (laughs) Or are you just, you know, hanging out, loitering at AU events or like, how does this process begin for most of these kids? Obviously it's a little different for each one, but for the bulk of it, how does this begin?
0: Yeah, Matt, it's it's evolved, right? I mean, yeah. over the years, it really has changed. But um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, the process begins, for most of these prospects, June 15th, following their sophomore year. Right, June 15th is the magic date that the NCAA has come up with where we can contact them, right? Gotcha. So that that's what we do. We, we build our list based off everything that you're talking about. Some of it is, you know, really old school, like word of mouth, high school okay. coaches, connections you know people that we know in the industry but yeah I mean there is some value obviously and, and 247 the the rep- recruiting publications that are put out there a lot of scouting services um, so that's where we, we draw a lot of it um, we do our staff does dive into a lot of film so we'll watch kids as early as freshman sophomore year in high school but usually it starts June 15th following their sophomore year where we initiate contact with you know our prospects you know we have an A list we have a B list and we have a C list and and we just go from there. We divvy it up amongst the staff. Um, you know, the assistants are assigned to be the, the point man in the recruitment. And it's our responsibility as staff members to know when to bring in Coach Izzo and, and uh, when we need to bring him in to, to try to finish the deal.
2: Gotcha.
1: So, John, when you are in the early phases, um, in addition to kind of being in the lab and grinding tape and finding out everything you can about the, the kid as a, as a player, the other component of it, I would imagine, is the character test and making sure that he is someone that's coachable and as we know Coach though has a very passionate and energetic coaching style so you don't want someone that's going to enter the portal after the first broken clipboard so how do you <laughs> how do you make sure i guess because you can't just go down there to his practice and kind of yell at him and see if he can take it so how do you guys kind of make sure that someone can handle the coachability and is a culture fit
0: yeah and i i saw your guys show the other night i think it was jackson yeah you guys had <laughs> Yeah, that was that's a great segment done that really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge part of it. I, you guys follow our, our program really closely, so you guys have heard the saying, OK, G, our kind of guy. You know, that's something that Coach Izzo has been talking about for a long time, and, and that is part of it, right? Like, we want guys where, where character does matter. Uh, Coach does really emphasize work ethic, right? Like, he's, he's old school like that. Like, that stuff really matters. Talent is important. There has to be a certain level of talent in order to play at a place like Michigan State. But you already said it, in order to be our kind of guy, you do have to have that character, you have to have that desire, you have to have that drive, and you have to have that intestinal fortitude that it takes to play for somebody like Coach because he is going to push you. And we make that perfectly clear during the recruiting process that, you know, if if you're not super competitive, if you don't want to maximize who you are as a student-athlete, the Michigan State's probably not the place for you. And and that's okay, right? We want to figure that out early. Uh, The best thing in recruiting is for somebody to say, yes, I do want to be part of Michigan State basketball. But the next best thing is for them to say, no, we're, we're not interested in the state. And that way we don't waste our time and we don't waste theirs
2: makes sense yeah yeah no doubt well I mean you didn't get a lot of notes for the last class the 2023 <laughs> class any recruiting so you look at squarely in the top five many of them have you guys in the top three as well I mean so the talent is off the charts but what really impressed me was just how early you got this class locked up how important is it to lock up a class as early as you did for the 2023 guys and I, I guess just how were you able to do it that that quickly
0: yeah, well, the, the staff deserves all the credit. I mean, Coach Izzo, obviously, being the, the key cog in that wheel. But, you know, the assistants did a, a phenomenal job. I, I just got here last summer, so a lot of that mm-hmm. work had already been done prior to my arrival. Um, you know, it, it is about relationships. I mean, Coach Izzo, our coaching staff, does a phenomenal job of, of building relationships, not only with the prospect. That part is really important. But also the people around the prospect, right? We, we're all a byproduct of our environment and the people around us, right? So the parents, the coaches, uh, I was blown away when, when I got back here. You know, Coach Izzo and all of his greatness. The amount of time that he spends with not just the recruit, but the people around the recruit, whether it's on the phone, in person, when they're on campus, all those things really go a long way. So, yeah, I mean, obviously with the 2023 class, it's a class where we're really excited about um, guys that are well-rounded. We think they fit. Uh, each other very well and then obviously fit us and, and our program and what we're trying to do moving forward so yeah it's it's a class that uh, spartan nation should be excited about and uh, i know we definitely are excited to start working with them
1: definitely so john one of the things that as you kind of set off the top right now everyone's pretty much just refreshing the portal seeing all these guys enter in michigan state of their starting lineup last year, you guys, you guys had uh, from the portal, Tyson and Joey, obviously, but at the same time, the foundation, the core, everyone was homegrown for the most part. It wasn't a program that's bringing in tons of guys every year, like a revolving door and then struggling with chemistry, like another program in the big Ten. but that's neither here nor there. The question I have for you is how do you guys balance um, adding a piece here and there versus maybe losing your culture possibly. What is your approach to the portal, I guess? How would you articulate your overall approach to the portal?
0: Yeah, I, the, the, the portal is, is a factor, right? We all know that, um, you know, we'd be naive in college basketball not to be a part of that. But yeah, I think ultimately coach, um, it, it, the foundation is laid with development, right? And coach wants to continue to develop guys. He wants to continue to recruit high school players Um, you know, we had talked about that in the last question, Matt, like the 2023 class and getting them done early. You start that process when they're sophomores in high school, right? And so that is where the the relationship piece really is different because you're developing that relationship over two years, right? The transfer portal, a lot of times those relationships, it's like a shotgun marriage, right? It's literally two weeks, you know, these people and they're making a decision. And how well are they really going to know you and how well are you going to really know them? Right. So that's something, again, you know, you can't plan for everything. Right. And and planning and projecting down the road has gotten a lot more difficult in our profession to know what your roster is going to look like in the spring. Um, But we try to do the best we can. We're all fortunate to be a part of a phenomenal program and work for Coach Izzo. So it is a little bit more stable here than most places. Uh, but again, you never know, right? Like a, a young man could walk in tomorrow and, and make a decision, and if in fact that does happen, where you do have a hole in your roster, that is just another way to potentially plug a hole, right? I don't know if you want to plug five holes, right? right. If you have five yes. holes in your yeah. boat, that could be a problem. But <laughs> one, that's that's more manageable, and 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 two, and so forth and so on. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, those are those are legitimate questions. The Transfer Portal is something that, you know, some programs have had a ton of success with. But obviously, there's a lot of programs out there that haven't been able to make that chemistry work.
2: That's right. And I got another portal question. This is for the people like me that live 90% of their lives on social media. We're scrolling Twitter, and all of a sudden we see, hey, um, Transfer Portal guy X has uh, interest from these schools. And, of course, you, know, you don't have to name names. I'm sure you don't. Um, but what does that mean like when a school shows interest in a portal kid like does that mean you sent him a text really quick does that mean that he's in Izzo's office right now on the phone with (laughs) Joe Tipton at that very moment like what does that mean shows interest in the portal because that could mean anything in in my mind
0: yeah it it really could and and there's obviously varying levels of interest Mm -hmm. right like did they level of interest in us, right? Have they initiated contact with us? Have we initiated contact with them? Has it been directly to the prospect or has it been to somebody that knows the prospect, right? So there's varying levels of of interest and what that means. Uh, We we all know there's a certain uh, element of salesmanship when it comes to recruits wanting to boost their stock, right? And by Mm -hmm. saying Michigan State is recruiting me, that's going to Help their stock just like it would if they mentioned whatever, UConn or right, San right. Diego State, anybody that yeah. comes from a program. You know, guys are gonna see that just like you, Matt. A lot of assistants this time of year are on social media following what other programs are doing. Uh, when they see that it is a highly competitive industry, they see, oh geez, Oklahoma's recruiting this individual. I'm at Texas, I'm gonna make sure that hey, we're involved with this individual as well. So gotcha. yeah, there's some of that that going on when it comes to uh interest you know no, those sure, all different. Yeah. sure.
1: <laughs> so john speaking of the brand <clears throat> the brand that michigan state has um that comes into play obviously with the recruits that you can attract so a school like michigan state that's a national brand you guys can go far out you can go to california utah like you did last year with jackson massachusetts but there's also obviously the Midwest flavor of the program, the Midwest roots, the in-state recruiting. How do you guys balance being a national brand, but also prioritizing the Midwest where maybe kids can visit more often and maybe it's easier to land some of those kids?
0: Yeah, I mean, coach's uh, success speaks for itself, right? I mean, the, the state of Michigan, the four hour radius from our campus, that, that's gonna always be our home ground and, and the area that we're gonna recruit the hardest. But as you all know, things change, right? Like there's different classes, different years. Um, you know, sometimes the, the class, uh, the senior class in the state of Michigan has seven high major players. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has yeah. one, right? right? So in those years and the variance of it, you have to be prepared to go outside of the state of Michigan. Obviously you start off in the Midwest and if that, those pieces aren't there for what your roster needs are, then you're gonna have to branch out even further. and. And the, the, the country, and we all know this in life, it, it's gotten smaller, right? Because of everything we're talking right. about. Social media, television, right? Like Michigan State is on national television all the time. The Big Ten Network does a phenomenal job of getting our brand out there. It's gonna get out there even more with UCLA and USC coming into the league. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna expand our recruiting territory even more. And we talk about this all the time as a staff, like it, it's, you know, things have changed. Now, kids don't go to your traditional high schools all the time right? right like there is this flux of talent that has entered the prep school circuit and again those kids might have been in Michigan and now they go to school in Florida or they go to school yeah. in Texas California or Las Vegas right and so those kids have ties to the Midwest where we're definitely going to try to tap into that um, and if they don't coach Izzo and, and the brand of Michigan State like you said Justin is, is a national brand and even right. international to a certain extent where you can really yeah. spread your wings and, and get out there and go after the guys that fit us best.
2: Yeah. It's time to put John on the hot seat here, and you've talked a lot about oh. the staff, of course, Tom <laughs> Izzo, you know, the, the coaches. Let's talk about the players, though. Which player do you think is the best recruiter on this team where you guys have a visitor on campus, you give him to player X, and you're like, this, this is in the bag, like this is all, this is done.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. It, it really is hard to, to pinpoint one guy, right? I'm not going to sure. try to, you know, pull any punches here and avoid the question. <laughs> we, we do have a, a phenomenal group. We really do. And yeah. that that is one thing that's really stood out to me in, in my short time here. Obviously, I, I was a graduate assistant here 20 years ago, and, and the culture was really set back then. Um, you know, Spartan dogs really do a phenomenal job of recruiting future Spartan dogs, and our staff really taps into our players. We listen to our players. When those guys spend time with our recruits, uh, we know we have a really good chance of getting them. Um, Our guys take a tremendous amount of pride in the recruiting piece. And obviously there's a lot to sell, right? And there's a reason why you see former players coming back the way that they do. Like, you know, you, you hear all this talk about brotherhood and all those things like th- this is real, right? This is a, a genuine thing. It is a family culture. You see it every year on alumni day. These guys are proud to be Michigan State Spartans. They love bringing their families back. They love being a part of the program. And so, yeah, when it comes to recruiting, like that's one of the things we always say to recruits is all you need to do is come here and spend 24 hours with our guys. And we have a really good chance of, of landing that, that future prospect.
1: Yeah. So speaking of coming there um, these days with social media and stuff, I'm guessing official visits have changed from back when you were taking your official visits. So what is what has been some of the ways that official visits have evolved recently?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, you know, the the the, I would say, that you know, the dinners, the the time together, like all that stuff is, is always been consistent over time. Uh, you know, I, I think the one of the biggest things, Justin, is like just like technology, right? Like right. The, the things that you can really show. Obviously, our facility upgrades and all those things are off the charts. Uh, the alumni locker room, all those things. But yeah, I mean, just you know, like our social media people, Kara Kay and, and Julian, like they they do a phenomenal job of putting things together. Like you guys had a really cool intro. I give you guys props on that. I don't know <laughs> if that's open or who that is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm you guys have that but. Like when we sit in our theater and we can present some of the video stuff that we can now show and like, you know, whether it's pictures of the aircraft carrier, and videos of of those types of things, the Champions Classic, right? We're going to Maui in 2024. Um, Obviously, all the past uh, success that we had with like Final Four runs and all those things like those are really, really impressive things. When you bring a kid in for an official visit and that's how we started, right? They come and see the Magic Johnson statue coaches out there to take pictures with them and then we bring them right into the theater that that's a great way to, to start off a visit whether it's unofficial or official but you know again at the end of the day justin it, it's not about the bells and the whistles it's yeah. it's more about the jimmies and the joes and our guys right. do a phenomenal of recruiting yeah. those guys when they get here
2: and last thing for me, uh, it's one comment, one question. One comment is I, I can fit in a ball bag uh, if I- there's room on the plane to Maui in 2024, <laughs> I will get there by any means necessary. Uh, and the question is, you know, you-, you brought up that you were a GA however many years ago. We, we don't got to talk about how long ago just a this couple. was. That- yeah, like five years ago. We'll call it that. How has Izzo changed over that time that you were a GA to where he is right now? Or is the answer just simply put, no, he hasn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that is the, uh, the greatness and coach, right. You know, I, I um, you know, when I talk to him about coming back here, you know, his, his passion, his, his desire, his hunger, um, his, his drive to be, um, you know, to, to have one of the best programs in the entire country is as strong as it's ever been, right? And so, you know, when you're coming here as, as the director of recruiting, you know, those are those things are important, right? Because those yeah. are going to be the same questions that prospects will ask, that coaches will ask, that parents will ask. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I've been asked that question a lot, Matt, not to take away from your originality of, of your question. But, <laughs> yeah. really cool, but no, right? I <laughs> you know, think about it, when I was here before, it was after the initial three straight Final Fours in yeah. the National championship run in, in 2000 and um it was kind of cool to oh no.
1: Oh, oh no i think it's possible that coach's battery has died no there
0: no is. Uh, oh. you guys coach Izzo is calling i he must be watching the show guys he just, he <laughs> never just an episode, me. so
2: perfect yes, yeah excellent
0: <laughs> yeah you should I, probably I might have just take lost that my job guys yeah. you guys are hiring <laughs> let me know yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sure. Well, I don't think no, it was that have a show. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, co- coach's is, is yeah. passion is as strong as it's ever been. Um, yeah. you know, just uh, really fortunate to be a part of it. Um, you know, and I, I think the one thing that you know he talks about now, maybe even more so than he did then, was like how much more it is about like the players, not only how they're performing while they're here, but what they're doing after here. Gotcha. Right. Like he wants those guys to pursue their dreams, whether it's the NBA um, playing basketball, not playing basketball. Like he genuinely cares about the lives that they're going to live once they live, leave here. And that that's something that it's probably even stronger now than it was 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. Great, great stuff. John, last question for me. You've been very, very gracious with your time. So, um, you've been recruiting for a while now. Do you have a, either a wild story, a funny story, um, a last minute, like, kids switching up like what is your number one wildest recruiting story you can leave the name out you can leave the school out do you have anything that comes to mind or no
0: oh geez yeah that's tough uh, uh we can talk maybe off air uh, <laughs> but no but yeah i mean it's yeah you know, I, I think one of the hardest parts about recruiting right is like that um you know that that midnight hour right mm-hmm. you know where, where the the kid has is, is said i'm in i'm coming you know super excited to be a part of your program and you, you know you've been through it enough, right? It, you know, for, my, for me, it's been twenty years, where like it's never really done, sure, right? Yeah. Like you never feel like that ink is is dry enough yet, right? And so um, I, I really feel for the football guys. Like obviously, I've never experienced it, but like all the flipping yeah. that <laughs> takes place, like I, that, I don't know if I can handle that because you know, for us, it, it very rarely happens. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the, the one or two times that it has happened in your career, it's just, you know, not only are you bummed out because of all the sacrifice and time and energy and yeah. resources that you put into it, but you, you just feel like you've let your staff down, right? Sure. Like you've let yeah, your right. your teammates down, like you've let the program down, and that that's the hardest pill to swallow. So, yeah, I mean, without, you know, throwing anybody under the bus, right, like, right. yeah it happened recently and and uh you know before i was at michigan state yeah, but yeah. but those are difficult days man when you're an yeah, assistant yeah. and you got to go in there and you got to tell your your head coach that like hey this kid even though he said he's coming mm-hmm. is no longer coming that, that's a that's a difficult conversation to have yeah
1: all the days hours trips you've oh. taken i yeah i cannot imagine i'm not but,
0: for it
2: yeah <laughs> but, <laughs>
1: i'm not john we really appreciate your time i know before this we didn't not myself the general public like we didn't know as much about Michigan states philosophy and, and all that so you've given us great insight um, you guys have had great success and i'm sure you will continue to based on how it seems in the future and uh, appreciate all your time we have one request um, if you can return the favor and that's can you please get Coach coaches to make a twitter
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well if, if i can do that i can uh, i can probably pull a rabbit out of a hat <laughs> that, that will be the day. I I don't know if, uh, you know, how would he handle that? Right? Like after all the scrutiny that he's given to social media, he would have to delegate, right? It would have to be Garrett. It would have to be somebody else running that handle. Maybe you, Justin, maybe you you would delegate.
1: Yeah. Imagine, imagine coaches are just tweeting, gifs and emojis cryptically to take shots and stuff like that. Just,
2: Oh, it'd be, it'd be great. Yeah.
1: Marty gets a double double and he just tweets out like a middle finger to yeah, anyone the... that called for a portal <laughs> center. <laughs> all right, John, thank you so much for, for all your time and all your, Thanks all your Tom, insight.
0: John. Yeah. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for everything you do for uh, Michigan state and our program. Not you as thank well. You, John. Thanks a lot, man.
2: Appreciate it. Great stuff. I just never get tired of hearing that Izzo has, like, renewed energy and, you know, that he still has the same drive and everything. And, like, we've heard that throughout the years. And, like, the first time I heard that, maybe, like, three-ish years ago when we all thought that he was getting old, it's like, of course, like, what else is he going to say? You know, like, yeah, of course everyone's going to say, oh, Izzo's got the same drive, but, like... I believe it, one hundred percent. Now I believe it, uh, whether it be just his actions or just the the tidbits and the tales that you hear yeah. from everyone else. Like, the yeah, results, it's,
1: recruiting wise.
2: Uh, uh yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Um, let's talk about recruiting right now, actually, because yeah. uh, t- we, we couldn't talk about it with John. Right. We can talk about it with us though. That's right. Two thousand twenty-four. That's right. I've been using this phrase the entire week. Started the class with a bang with Kurtang. Mm. That's right. Mm. God, that is so cringy. But I'm going to say it anyway because <laughs> I'm very excited about it. This, it. this is how you start a class with a bang, though. Another top 40 kid. That's right. um, God, how many of those is MSU going to be getting here in the last few cycles? So, uh, Justin, take us to the church of Justin Sind right now. Kurtang. What is this squad getting with Kurtang? With Kurtang, Michigan
1: State is getting a knockdown shooter, Love a it. three-level scorer. Love it. He does not waste any steps or any dribbles. No. Very fluid in how he comes off of screens and doesn't waste time with the release. So you're going to see a kid that maybe doesn't even need more than like 11 dribbles in a game to score 20 points by the time he hits the stride you know how clay thompson a few years sure. ago used to have those games where he'd score like 58 points on like seven dribbles yep that's kind of his style of play obviously i'm not saying he's gonna come in and score 58 points but
2: no, i heard you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll he hold is. it
1: against me i'm sure <laughs> so yeah kerr is that kind of a score where he doesn't need to be initiating the play he doesn't need to be creating the shot for himself sure. You give him a screen, you give him a set, you give him space, he will make the defense pay. Um, he is athletic enough to develop into a plus defender. Okay. Um, in terms of, I guess, slashing and, and driving to the lane, that's probably the one place where he's probably going to try to develop here in the coming, coming uh, months and years. But from day one, he can come and shoot the basketball from all three levels, and he's going to give you scoring and plus athleticism and most likely plus defense from day one.
2: And, you know, this is actually a, a quip that you had. This was in a group chat. Um, but you said, like, he he starts his shot before he even gets the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, that that is how quick he is with the shot yeah. here. And, I don't know, you think the kind of offensive sets that MSU has been running under Tom Izzo the last mm-hmm. two decades don't fit his game perfectly. Yeah. The coming off pin downs, a yeah. little bit of horns, sets action, you know, mm-hmm. come off screens. Okay, ball's going to be right in your chest when you come off this curl. And, ho-ho, that's going to find the bottom of the hoop here. So, yeah, it's almost like this guy was made in a lab yeah. to play in a Tom Izzo offense. Right. So, absolutely love to see it. And I just love the emphasis on shooting, not yeah. just with Kurt Tang, but, you know, the last few classes as yeah. well. I mean, Garrett Norman, case okay, solid shooter. Jeremy Fierce, his shot is coming along. Xavier Booker got a solid stroke and Cohen mm-hmm. Carr, athletic freak. And the one thing that he's really grown the last year, well, is that shot. Yeah. and. Michigan State, incredible recruiting class in 2023, top three class. They got another good one coming in, most likely in 2024. Yeah. And I feel like that sometimes you get these great classes, and everything that's r- like written about them is like great athletes, awesome yeah. length, they're good right, rebounders, they're right. solid, but uh, lacking in their shooting. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. And like eventually, no, that's that's not okay. You need <laughs> to put the ball in the hoop. Like I feel yeah. like we're getting a little too far away from the game of basketball here. Yeah. And then like you see a Kentucky team with five five stars and then well one of them can kind of somewhat shoot the other one are just athletic freaks yeah. and they're aced out of the tournament because well oh, right they couldn't shoot the ball yeah who would have thought so yeah it's nice that you know shooting is being emphasized a- 100 percent.
1: very well said i think um with what michigan state is doing in terms of fit and complementary pieces is lovely uh, yeah. yeah john touched on it a-, a little bit there is that was one of the themes that that stood out to him from this class but if you look at the class, you have a dribble drive point guard that can initiate the offense in Jeremy Fears. Yeah. Then you have surrounded him with a athletic slasher that just would keep defenses on their toes on the back cut in Cohen Carr. You have a shooter in Garrick Norman. You have a shooter in Xavier Booker. And now in this next class, you have Cohen Carr shooter. You have possibly committing uh, to Michigan State on April twentieth, Jason McCulloch. Shooter, as as much of a shooter, he is the definition of a stretch four. We can, I guess, we can talk about him a little bit now. Sure. But Michigan State, Ohio State, um, pretty much any of the Midwest Big Ten schools you can think of, they're they're all over there vying for his services. Alabama is in the mix as well. But yep. um, he he told me April twentieth is the day he will be announcing his commitment. I have the crystal ball pick on Michigan State. Um, his game is there are probably better comparisons out there, but I guess to keep it familiar to Michigan State fans kind of a joey hauser with more length is kind of his style of game he's not going to go create his own shot um by by taking it to the hoop or crossing people up you give him space on the outside he will make the shot and he'll probably be a plus defender compared to at least compared to joey but you're going to have shooters all around jeremy fears for the next three to four years and athletes at the same time so
2: God, it's just like we're getting so excited about next season 2023 <laughs> but they're still excited to be had after in 2024. And you want to talk Jalen Harrelson in 2025? I, I, I kind of do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say no but yeah man it's uh, it's looking nice here so yeah, yeah. I, again I, I I thought I heard rumors that Tom Izzo and his recruiting are dead. Somebody's,
1: uh, yeah. So, I
2: don't know. That the rumors might have been of, de- of his demise, Matt. Greatly
1: exaggerated
2: <laughs> rumors, Justin. <laughs> let's go. So, yeah, no, that's a great way to start a class right there. And again, it, just like we talked about with John, uh, with the 2023 class, they yeah. got it locked up early. Mm hmm. Kurt Tang also locked up early. And yeah. uh, I like who they won uh, his um, commitment yes. uh, over. You know, okay, Providence kind of out of the mix there. All right, with Ed Cooley going mm-hmm. down to Georgetown. But Rutgers is, they're building a solid class for 2024 like I know that on paper it's oh yeah beat Rutgers like I don't know they already got a top 10 kid signed to that 24 class I mean there's a few more leans uh, so yeah it yeah it it could have it could have very well been right Kurtang going to Piscataway but nope Izzo swooped in got him and
1: Rutgers I believe offered Kurtang um September of his sophomore year wow and Michigan State offered him I want to say in spring of his junior year gotcha um, either way I, th- I might be off on Michigan State's timing there but Kurt Tang was offered by Rutgers at least 7 months before Michigan State oh, okay. and he said that loyalty to the schools that offered him or in the earlier part of his recruitment for Rutgers sure. and Providence was a huge priority for him yep. and Michigan State wasn't late by any means but no, they were no. not one of the first 5 or 6 schools the work that Coach Izzo and, and Coach Wojcik and, and, and John and, and all these guys on the staff they outworked a lot of those staffs. They yep. kept relationships consistent, communication consistent, and they basically grinded out another win with relationships and the things that matter most. Kerr had a very low drama recruitment. He was all very, about yeah. he was he was about a couple of things: family feel and offensive fit. You all, all he mentioned there is <laughs> it felt like a family, and he loves the pin downs they run at Michigan State.
2: Yep,
1: it was those pillars. It wasn't flash. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. And they got this wrapped up pretty quickly.
2: Not bad. Not yeah. bad. And we'll see you uh, April 21st. Hopefully good news with the Jesse McCulloch uh, yeah. commitment right there. Still some good schools to beat out. Uh, yeah. Alabama, yeah, they're going to be tough to take down. I believe yeah. he got an Indiana offer not too long ago, but they did not make his Final Four. Is that I believe
1: I'm... that's correct.
2: Okay, yeah. Indiana not making a Final Four. Imagine that. That's uh, <laughs> crazy. I just thought about that one. Well done. You like that one? Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's uh, all I got to say for basketball. Yeah.
1: That's all I've got to say as well.
2: There's a strapping gentleman at this desk that came up with a great piece on football. That's right. Not just football. Hey, kid, no, no, you don't have to keep looking. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's you, JT. Uh, of the 2022 signing class, uh, you look, they're still babies. Those are still young kids in the football program. But boy, did they do some growing last year. Uh, by and large, because of there was a lot of injuries ahead of them. And also, there was playing time to be had. So, JT. Check us in with a 2022 recruiting class for our football Spartans. Please.
1: Definitely, Matt. So this is a topic that I was most interested to kind of look into as spring camp got underway. Uh, Michigan State's 2022 class, this is their first full season in the program. Obviously, a lot of them early enrolled last time, but yep. for the class as a whole, this is their first full off season. This, to me, was the first class of the Mel Tucker era that was going to be kind of scrutinized and kind of held accountable to hit on mm-hmm. because the 2021 class mel came in recruiting for a program that was 27 and 24 he was recruiting in a region he had not coached in previously in years over zoom so he did not have any in-person relationships yeah. in that region and he came in late and i know people will say it's not late he came in 11 months before signing day for a oh, lot so of, late yeah. a lot of these kids <laughs> right. have already visited a school three to four times yeah. by that point so situations were not ideal for mel in the 2021 class a lot of some of those kids transferred out another few might not hit it is what it is 2022 was really where the onus was on to hit and so far based on everything that kind of we've heard at 24 7 my colleague Corey robinson stephen brooks as well it seems like there's a lot of optimism here so let me just i guess run through kind of and give sort of a recap on on what we're hearing on a lot of these guys but really you're looking at a class where the defensive back group and the offensive line unit, those are two groups where they will probably be the foundations for their respective sides on the ball in the coming years. Mm -hmm. You have Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum, And Malik Spencer, that all could start in the middle of the field if they had to. We'll see if they're bringing a portal safety in in the spring. Right. But those three could start in the middle with Tatum as the nickel and the other two I mentioned at safety. You have Caleb Coley, Malcolm Jones, who are vying for the two deep in the playing group. Malcolm Jones, possibly the backup nickel to Dylan Tatum. Maybe he wins the job. I don't know. Caleb Coley right there in the outside corner conversation. That's five defensive backs from the same class that by the time they're retro freshmen or true sophomores, are in the thick of things. Yeah. Offensive line wise, we unfortunately saw today Gavin Brocious um, suffered a knee injury. So I guess his timeline is a little murky, but he has all the tools long term to, to still be a success. Obviously, no question about that. Yep. You have Ashton Lepo, who since Michigan State took his commitment has gained 40 pounds. Yeah. You have Braden Watch. Miller, who was wildly underrated. Yep. He, had, he was a take at Stanford, at Michigan, at a lot of schools. He canceled a lot of those visits to commit to Michigan State. Coach Cap did a phenomenal job finding him in securing game. He is in the thick of it for one of the offensive tackle backup spots gotcha. right in the two deep. Um, Chris Phillips, he's in the thick of it for the right guard spot, him and Geno Vandermark in that two deep right there. Those guys on the defensive back group and the offensive line, that's kind of why I was saying they are kind of the backbone of the class. They're all already in that two deep conversation. Now Love you it. start branching out from there kate hauser we've talked about kate a lot on this show sure did not much more to say there he did very well in the first scrimmage was the best quarterback out of the three in that scrimmage definitively gotcha and we'll see what happens in the rest of the spring camp in the fall but no reason to think he's not a hit project mm-hmm. everything he was projected to be he's on pace for that you have jack nickel blocking tight end as he came in um underrated with his hands and receiving as well he is a guy that i expect this year to probably be in that tight end three range but he will be getting lots of Um, heavy run set snaps and and special teams at at the lowest Tyrell Henry. He is in the, I don't want to say in the lead, but he is very high up there in that third receiver spot that was vacated by jaden reed last year obviously you have keon and trey coming in they got their spots locked in yep but it's tyrell montori foster christian fitzpatrick a little bit and tyrell's doing a very good job there so that's something to keep an eye on i like his game a lot yeah especially
2: in the return game too i know we exactly. talked about that last week but yeah i'm a yeah. big tyrell fan. right so yeah. he
1: has an opportunity at the very yep. least to be a return guy but i think watch out for it on the receiver side as well zion young the lowest ranked recruit in michigan state's class if you don't count kicker jack stone how about that 158 <laughs> snaps I believe last year yeah not bad yeah just, just what a I there not even don't even need to say much more than that he's he's going to be a fixture in the defensive line for a long time to come I'm sure I've missed some guys I was just going off the top of my head but also one thing to keep in mind is right around this time when when kids have been on campus for 12 months people that are close to the program they start to hear things like Oh, player X, Y, and Z. Sure, they're still here a year from now. They're kind of disengaged. They're not exactly developing. Don't expect them to be here for their whole mm-hmm. career. Not hearing any of that right now with any of the guys that still remain here from that class. Solid. So everyone from this class is progressing in a great way. There's guys like um, Alex Van Sumeren, who you simply haven't needed, right. but he's on track and growing as well. You just have a lot of great upperclassmen there, so you haven't seen them. And uh, same with Quavian Carter, almost, to 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 an extent as well. So it's... It's just very hard to not be optimistic on where these guys are trending. Obviously, they have to play to get some of the credit of being a hit. But I'm ready to put pretty much most of the remaining group of this class, which I think is 19 of the 23 kids, in at least the non-bust category right now after just – not even 12 months of some of them being here Matt
2: that's not too shabby yeah I mean there's a lot of interesting position battles going on too like the Jack Nickel situation or mm-hmm. not just the Jack Nickel situation but the tight end too because yeah. they brought in what was it 18 tight ends in the <laughs> offseason it seemed like I yeah. mean it's going to be interesting to see how everything stacks up there and of course you know a pass catching tight end is a far cry than a run blocking tight end so there's playing time to be had all over for these guys but you think Jack Nickel creeps his way up there this season or any of the other like transfer portal guys that's uh, a good got, question yeah you know?
1: So, I think Malik Carr will probably be wide receiver one. For sure. Um, athletic and toolsy. He needs to get more consistent in the blocking side of things mm-hmm. still, but I think it, it's just hard to keep him off because of the mismatch. After that, really, it's, it's anyone's game. I think Tyneal Hopper is probably the best blocker out of those two guys, okay. out, of, out of Malik and, and Tyneal himself, but he's not the most consistent. He's the more skilled blocker, but he's not the most consistent. So that kind of leaves an opportunity for someone like Jack to. I think a lot of the guys they brought in, a lot of those guys are just depth and special teams, yeah. and, and there to have some depth behind them, but they're not exactly looking to have some of those guys come in and start right away. Sure. So the opportunity there for Jack is start in that tight end three spot, get consistent, do well in your run heavy sets, maybe move up to tight end two before the season ends. That's kind of where I see him fitting in right now.
2: And one more thing I want to pick and prod you over mm-hmm. uh, some inside information here is I want to go back to those offensive linemen, Braden Miller, Ashton Lepo, Chris Phillips. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Gavin Brocious with yeah, a leg yeah. injury. Uh, get well soon. Mm-hmm. I know he never misses an episode. Yeah. Um, between the three, though, Braden Miller, Ashton Lepo, and Chris Phillips, are you hearing that maybe we should expect one of those guys to get some more serious reps than the other so far in this That's awesome a good season? question as well. Thank you. I tried. So, yeah,
1: so um, Braden Miller and Ashton Lepo, obviously the two tackles. Mm-hmm. Those guys, I would say, would not be the answer to the question purely because of who else Michigan State has right, okay. starting spots there. So um, Keyshawn Blackstock, Juco transfer, or sorry, Juco um, commit, who, sure. who came to Michigan State for his first season right now. He and Spencer Brown and Brandon Baldwin are the three guys vying for the two offensive tackle spots. I would guess that Keyshawn gets one of them and then the best out of Brandon Baldwin and Spencer Brown gets the other one. Yep so in that result i think you have your tackle situation short up for one more year and then next year is when those guys can kind of step up into that that hole however chris phillips could be the starting right guard depending on who wins between him and gino okay um i think it is easier for chris to beat out gino than it would be for Braden and ashton to beat out those offensive tackles right on. so i would definitely say he is kind of your answer there and um great sides obviously came in at six 320 i believe and Skill refinement and technique refinement has been the, the story with him so far. So opportunity is there.
2: And we're going to hit on this a lot more next week. But uh, just, you know, this is like a dress rehearsal to this question. Yeah. But number one thing you're looking for at the spring game as we go in there. I, okay, I'll, I'll answer this for you. Uh, to see if it's a game, first yeah, and foremost. It's throws, called the spring kickoff, say, Matt. The spring kickoff <laughs> Bonanza Palooza 2023. That's right. But let's say it is a game. Like what is the one thing that you're going to be looking for uh, in this one? Honestly, I'm going to be looking at the
1: offensive line okay. because of the fact that last year there was not an offensive line to look at at the spring game. Small
2: problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the reason there wasn't a spring right. game last year. I believe right. it was
1: like four scholarship guys and two walk-ons that were healthy for that game. and yeah. That's not an exaggeration, I believe.
2: Sadly, no. <laughs> yeah. No. It, two yeah. walk-on defensive linemen. Right. Playing offensive line in spring practice because, well, we need, we need bodies. Yeah.
1: So with the offensive line, Coach Cap had a quote recently. He said the newcomers in this current class that just came in, Stanton Rammel, yep. Cole Dellinger, Keyshawn Blackstock, he said they are more ahead of any of the newcomers he's had before. So I want to see those three, how they look, compared to the rest of the offensive line, and just how the offensive line looks as a whole. So that is what I'm going to be looking for in Spartan Stadium in 10 days, 9 days. You get the idea.
2: Anywhere between 7 and 17 days. Yeah, I don't know. sounds about right. I'm smiling about football again, though. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That was, that was a nice little piece there. Great insight. Nice breakdown. And you know Appreciate what other that. sport we're also smiling about? Women's basketball. Mm. That's right. After a just a, a, an insane rise in popularity uh, and headlines over the uh-huh. last month, just women's basketball as a whole, Michigan State getting in on the action, hiring Bowling Green's head coach, Robin Fralick, uh, coming home yeah. in, in a way from Okemos, of course. And uh, is is she her? Because I'm – i'm all in on this hire yeah I, i'm look i'm not going to claim to you know say oh i had a bunch of names written down on my list like no i had an idea of like who we wanted to right. hire you know someone that is uh is going to stay here for a little while yeah. someone young with energy and when i say that you know i mean young because they could stay here for a while like what Susie merchant had was a 16 year tenure here okay that that is yeah. fantastic and you have someone here that is coming in here with energy and also from Okemos that can't hurt too to keep her here when things start going well in East Lansing so that was check number one Mm -hmm. number two okay it would be nice to have get ready for this one he's sitting down I actually called Alan Haller and told him this let's get a winner Mm. okay someone that knows how to win here and not just a winner but like someone that knows how to do it quick right Uh, Bowling Green not necessarily in great shape when she took over. Two years before she took over, I think they had eight wins. The year before, I think just 11 wins. And then by her third year, okay, like 14 and four in the MAC. They won more than 30 games last year. Before she even got to Bowling Green, three years at Ashland University, yep. 104 wins and three losses. Like, how's that? <laughs> You could play NBA 2K yeah. on rookie mode for 107 games. I don't know if you'd have a 104-3 and three record. Like, no. that is insane to do. And then third of all, the third thing that I just wanted on my little wish list for a women's basketball coach was someone that is kind of with the times. And by that, yeah. I mean the transfer portal. Hey, Bowling Green last year, two of their top four most productive players graduate transfers. Like, yep. Robin Fralick, no stranger to the transfer portal. We just saw what LSU could do in the transfer portal. They had to replace 80% of their offensive efficiency from the season prior. And, uh, well, just like they said, they, they got the ring baby. So, uh, that seems to work out. And it is a very exciting time to be a fan of women's basketball. And I love that MSU is bringing energy with Robin Fralick into the fold here yeah. because, What what, what's not to like about her? I mean, she seems all about the business, and yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm pumped. Yeah,
1: not much to add for me there. Great great assessment by you. Very thorough. Fired up. Like you said, coming home from the area. Yep. Basically, grew up in the backyard of Michigan State. She said. You know it. You have someone that is the very opposite of a retread. You have a rising star in the industry. Totally.
2: Totally. Yep.
1: You have, like you said, a winner, but not just winning at a level where talent was just abound right right you have a place where you have to grind out the talent you have to really watch tape and find guys uh in this case girls and you had to make sure that you are able to not just find them but then land them and that's not easy at a place like bowling green I'd imagine it's probably not easy at Ashland, even though that is probably one of the better jobs Mm -hmm. in D2. But if you can go ahead and win at Ashland and you can win at Bowling Green, you're not gonna need anything handed to you and you're not gonna be just winning off of program prestige. You're gonna be earning all of your evaluation fines and lands in that role and like you said midwest roots coming home it's just the perfect blend
2: it's fantastic so yeah, yeah. formally introduced today i believe in uh, the press conference at yeah. breslin center so yeah it's awesome and god it's just women's basketball is so exciting man yeah. that, that tournament Great was tournament. electric yeah absolutely loved it from the the very end i mean i i can do without all the controversy <laughs> not that i didn't like what happened on the court i just hate everyone's opinion on yeah, it yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what you know who who watches talking head sports shows anyway that's right. Um, but, yeah, just like in the first weekend, okay, you got a one-seed Stanford losing almost yeah. immediately. You got Indiana losing almost immediately. Parody. Like, this isn't the times of four one-seeds in the Final Four and then, oh, UConn won the title game by 25 points. Like, yeah. no, there is actual parity yeah. now, and uh, it's it's very exciting. So yeah.
1: Parity, star power, that's really all you can great. ask for in sports.
2: Uh, Kalen Clark was the most electric player of both yeah. the men's and the women's tournament in March, and that's not even yeah. a hot take. Like, that's just patent fact. That's fact, fact so yeah. It's,
1: There's no question about that.
2: Yeah. So let's just go find another Caitlin Clark. Yeah. How hard can that be? So, yeah. Um, speaking of hard things, uh, two are facts, one is whack. Uh, uh, I don't know. Sorry. Two and
1: seven. Let's We're, see if I can make a uh,
2: three and seven. Contractually obligated to get yeah. to this segment, I'm sorry to say. But, uh, hey, we had John Borovich on earlier. He is the director of recruiting at basketball. So let's let's keep the theme with basketball okay. recruiting here. Also with the Curtin commitment, of course. And uh, I'm still fired up at the 2023 class like the rest of you are. So... Got a little bit of all of that. Okay. Are you ready to play? Two are facts. One is whack. Okay. Three statements. One of them is not true. Two are. Statement number one. Right now, MSU is one of three Big Ten teams with a top 50 commit per the 24-7 sport composite for the 2024 class. You said one of three? One of three Big Ten programs. In the 2024 class. In the 2024 class. Okay. Basketball. Statement number two. Okay. MSU right now. In the 23 class and the 24 class, have four combined commits that rank in the top 60. I'm going to give that one to you. That, 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 that is just a patent fact to set this up. That is the only time since 2015 MSU has stacked back-to-back classes with at least four combined top 60 recruits. Second time since when? 2015. Okay. 2015. That's right. Statement number three. In the top 20 list of highest recruits MSU has ever gotten since 2000, three of them are in the next two classes, 2023 and 2024. That data also was compiled by 24-7 Sports, which uh, I hear you do some work for them.
1: Yes, shout out to them. Yeah, you time.
2: said three of the top 20? Three of MSU's top 20 rated commits since 2000.
1: So, Xavier Book and Jeremy Fears are definitely there.
2: Hmm.
1: Cohen Carr, he is in the low 30s.
2: This guy knows recruiting.
1: I would say that counts. Now, the question is, is Kurt Heng there? Is it four? Mm. That's the question. Mm. Kurt Heng is in that same range. So if I'm saying that Cohen Carr in those 30s, low 30s, is in there, then I've got to say Kurt Heng is also in there. Or neither of them are in there, and the answer is still – that it's not three. It's either they got two or they got four. That's yeah. kind of my thought process there. In the top 20. That's right.
2: Since 2000.
1: Okay. Um, so, revisiting the middle one. So, you're, this was the second time, true or false, this is the second time mm-hmm. Michigan State has stacked top 50 recruits in two classes in a row since 2016. The first
2: time. Yep. Oh, this is the first time. This is the first time. Okay. Twenty three, 23-24. First time since okay. 2015 they've stacked Yeah. back-to-back classes with at least... And then the first question
1: was, there are three Big Ten teams that have a top what? 50 commit. commit. So Michigan State and Rutgers are definitely up there. Uh, Rutgers has a five-star top ten player from the state of New Jersey. I believe New Jersey. But fact remains that they have a top ten kid. Michigan State, obviously, with Kurt Tank. Now the question is if there's a third school or not.
2: Mm. Who's to say? I'm to say, actually, I got the answer. It, so <laughs> all right, I can't take this long, but this this is a good one. They,
1: they all Shock seem feasible. Um, you know, with the argument that I laid out in the beginning, with how since Cohen and Kerr are both ranked in the same area of the composite, <laughs> but
2: I can't name the third school that. Has... I got you at Alcatraz right now. This is great. I got. Uh, I, I'm giving him the beats right now mentally. This is. <laughs> We believe in you, though.
1: Okay, so I, I think the middle one is true. We but, might believe in you. But every time I say, oh, that's the one that's true for sure, and I got to pick between the other two, that first one's always the one that ends up being the one. Hmm. So I feel like I should just pick that one just because that premise never holds true for me. But I really believe that that <laughs> one is true.
2: So you're fading yourself. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, so look. I'm about to flip a three-sided coin. <laughs> okay,
2: this is going well. This
1: um, is going great. All right, I'm going to say that the one that is false is the third one.
2: The one that's false is the third one. Yeah. Shoot. (laughs) Unfortunately, that one is true. Uh, The one that was whack was the statement, this is the first time since 2015. It was the middle one that was whack uh, because this is actually the second time since 2015 MSU was stacked back-to-back classes with at least four top 60 kids. The 2016 class and 17 class had Miles Bridges, Cassius Winston, Langford, oh, yeah, Ward, yeah, 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 Jackson. Yeah. All five of those guys were inside the top 60. Um, right now, uh, it's, it's Cohen Park. It, I don't Sorry. know
1: why I thought, it, thought of it as 2017 because I thought since that yeah. class was how I was processing that question in my head. I'm like, all right. So they there had a lot the golden of words in era. In that question, yeah. There yeah were a no, lot of words the wording on. was great. I don't. I just ignored the wording. Sure. Okay. And for some reason, I was thinking, all right. So you had the golden <laughs> era of recruiting with Miles and J- Jaron and all that. And so he's asking about since then. Yeah. That was that was done by me.
2: And the the so the other true two statements right now, MSU is one of three Big Ten teams with a top 50 commit in the 2024 class. Uh, Arias Bailey, uh, he's the number five rated kid going to Rutgers, mm-hmm. and then Junie Mobley. 42-ranked commit going to Ohio State. Um, I looked this up at about 3 p.m. today, so unless anyone committed in the last six hours, um, that still holds true. And then the other true statement, in the top 20 list of MSU highest recruits since 2000, three of them are in the next two classes. Xavier Booker is the number three rated recruit since 2000. Uh, Jeremy Fears is MSU's 11th best, also the best point guard that msu mm. has gotten like since 2000 mm. so that's i mean yeah. we've got some good point cards here yeah. so he's the top one and then Tang sneaking just inside the top 20 he is number 18 on the list mm, uh so Cohen car did look this missed. up he's 24 Cohen oh 24. interesting so right outside the cutoff line there so um recruiting uh is is doing yeah i think okay i think okay call me yeah. call me brash call me arrogant but i think it's just going a little yeah. a little fine so thanks for playing two are facts one is whack I hope you enjoyed your time I don't think it did but better luck next week um I cannot wait for uh, next week I'll do like spring game as my theme and I'll dig up stats from like the 05 spring game that will (laughs) be impossible to (laughs) it's gonna be great it is going to be an electric factory
1: disappointing three no two and eight I believe right two and eight is the record
2: I I don't want to say it out loud yeah
1: now, I'm, at this point, I'm just hoping that after the next two, I go three and nine. What a shame. What a shame.
2: Be like that sometimes. Almost every
1: week. Almost all of the it times. Like Almost all of the times. <laughs> is that it, Matt?
2: I think that's all she wrote. Yeah. I or, believe that is. I can talk conclusion. about Masters for two hours if, if you guys want to stick around.
1: Just tell me who I should bet on. One person. And we'll call it a day.
2: I like the value on Tony Fino. He's been playing really good the last year as okay. well. Um if you want a long shot, though, uh, Min Woo Lee is very exciting. Twenty-four year old okay. kid from Australia. Twenty-four year
1: old kid from Australia. Uh, Twenty-four year old
2: from Australia. So it's like he's just young enough to like not be scared of, of uh-huh. what is at stake. Like he's he's young right. and dumb and he's great at golf. So okay. it's like I don't even think the pressure will get to him. Oh, um, that's a good that's a good that Yes, yeah, insane analysis. But like this kid, yeah. So uh, good value on him. You can get him at like eighty to one or sometimes like ninety to one, depending where you to look. One. But yeah. Um,
1: so, if but, you don't show up next week, we know you've retired and moved to Boca.
2: I am on a yacht. The next super booster of the FAU Owls. You, oh, let's go, Owl <laughs> Up, baby. Let's go. No, I'll dump all my funds into the Spartan Dog for Life fund. That's right. We're getting everyone here. Everyone. <laughs> We are going to sign a 15-man basketball class for 2024. If I have anything to say about it, it's going to be sensational.
1: Never going to have a need for the portal it debates again. Just- oh,
2: heavens no. Oh, you want to go to the portal? Fine. I got three more five stars on the depth chart behind you. Yeah, please. I'm, I'm actually begging you to go. So, yeah, that's how it's going to roll here once Minwoo Lee snatches that green jacket this weekend. I got so many bets out for this weekend, man. It, it's disgusting. Like, I... I I, I do the opposite of act like I've been there before. I just get way too overexcited <laughs> for the Masters. By the time the first tee shot goes off tomorrow, I will have bets on 37 golfers, I think. like And five pools. Uh, yeah, it's, no one cares. I'll stop talking.
1: Yeah, that's me with I'm the so Super excited. Bowl. It, it's like okay. yeah. there's like 53 guys on the active rosters on each team, 106 guys. I'll have like 119 different guys to score a touchdown yeah. prop bet. Yeah. And then what I do is then I just retire from yep. betting until football comes back around. Cause I'm like, oh, and whatever on baseball yep. and NBA playoff betting.
2: Uh, tell me about it. So, so oh, yeah.
1: college football futures. That's kind of okay. where I start to, okay. oh, the NFL. Yes. Yeah, so I guess I don't really retire. But, yeah. I, I, but I reel it back when, when uh, the Super Bowl ends. There are two weeks point. in June where I
2: take, uh, take the load off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, just we should have a gambling segment on here. And then I oh, the we'll strongly urge just... everyone to cut against the grain of yeah. whatever you say because what we are sharing is just horrible advice, <laughs> terrible advice. Um, Jason Day, I also like, too, 25 to 1. So,
1: Is there anyone left that you don't like? Yeah, that's a good question. Who
2: don't I like? <laughs> uh, for some reason, John Ron doesn't fit the eye, which he will win by seven strokes yeah, now. Yeah, doesn't he have like the fourth best odds third, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, th- like, third or fourth. He keeps on flip-flopping <laughs> between him and I think Justin Thomas. But um, God, I'm just so excited. Uh, I, I can't wait uh, to lose my entire 401k on Masters betting. Hey, this one
1: thing is if you bet on every single person that's a, that's in the competition, you can't lose. Can't lose. Can't lose. So Man. I will
2: bet on every single person but John Rom. And then when he slips that green jacket on, <laughs> I will be um, living in a halfway house <laughs> uh, with no regrets. So I, I can't wait. And That's
1: with that, awesome. I'm Justin Thin. That is the Soon To Be Broke match in. <sighs> Cheers, everyone. We appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you next week. I made a strong bash this time. <laughs> Just Water with a lemon. Oh, God! Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. OK.
2: Cookie sueña con ser una luchadora profesional.
0: Me llamo Cookie Cerato si tengo 11 años.
2: Y para ganar más medallas, su familia
1: sabe que cada momento cuenta para sacar lo mejor de ella.
0: OK, Cookie, let's break for a cocoa squeeze.
1: Saca todo lo mejor con Coco Squeeze, hecho de 100% fruta y sin azúcar añadida,
2: en un empaque flexible. Porque cuando nutres a tus hijos, sacas lo mejor de ellos. Saca todo lo mejor con Coco Squeeze. No es un alimento bajo en calorías. Su rango de azúcar es de 11 a 13 gramos y 60 a 70 calorías por porción.